listeners, and welcome to episode 27 of Gotta Jabrew. Holy shit. I am the Lizza. And I'm the kid. Holy shit, you got it right. <laughs> I know why I got it right. You got your shirt. Did you not get your shirt? Yeah, it's nice. Cool. We I have like so it. much to talk about in this fish segment today. Yeah. Segment. I we think I just said segment, <laughs> like smear. I didn't mean to do that. I think we have a lot to talk about on both sides, though. Got a lot of beer today. Yeah, this is a jam-packed episode. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just dive right into it. Okay. My, uh, a while ago, this was a couple weeks ago, I wanted to do like a deep dive on my favorite show of summer tour, which was 8-5-2018, the last night of Alpharetta, Georgia. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised that you brought that up as a topic. Why? Because I was, I think we were for a couple episodes doing deep dives on like albums, like best of studios and things like that. And you were like, I don't like doing this. So I was, when you said yeah. you wanted to, to dissect a show, I was like, who, who are you? Yeah. Uh, I don't really remember us doing that. And maybe I just, I don't know. Maybe we were doing it weird back then, but um, I, well, I've since listened to like, you know, the Harris Whittles podcast and that's basically what they were doing. They were talking about Fuego and he was just going, you know song by song and playing different parts of you, you realize we've been doing this podcast for over half a year now right <laughs> yeah 27 episodes doesn't seem like a lot but we do one about oh, every week if we can yeah sometimes we skip a week but it's but that still only means we do four a month so the month like time is going by way fast well first of all congratulations to us for doing it for this long uh, i think we're starting to <laughs> hit a stride you're patting yourself on the <laughs> hell fucking congratulations yeah. to us <laughs> it's a lot of work man <laughs> podcasts are fun man yeah all right. Poop on it. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more about this show you want to dissect. So anyway, uh, since me having the concept of this show, and uh, the reason why I wanted to do it is because I listen to that show every single day, at least once a day. If okay. That's, if that's psychotic or weird. That's or just weird for whatever, you. Again. Yeah, it's weird for you. It's a show that's like completely captivated me, and I, I like to listen <laughs> to a lot of different things, but I literally listen to that show once a day at least. Or different songs from that one show. I was going to say, you listen to it once a day, top to bottom, or just select songs? Yeah, at least once a day, top to bottom. Yeah. Wow. For sure, for sure, for sure. Just because there's so... uh, The intricacies of the show are cool. um, And because, like, uh, the song selection... Uh, to like the flow of it, to like the jams in it, to like the playful covers and teases in it. Like, all right, I right, think right, the right, show right, like on, has it all, right? I was going to say, yeah. You're, it's an should... amazing blend of old and new. <laughs> it's breathing new life into old man jamming, like the stuff that like they've been doing recently that people don't like, but this I is, think it's great now. This is getting oddly list-like and scripted. <laughs> I, those are all really good points and I had them written down and I yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. talk about them. <laughs> Um, but it, I just love this show. I, 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 for me, it has it all. It's one of my favorite shows, and I've now we've I've been to uh, Albany since then. The kickoff of Fall Tour 2018. I've been to one show in Albany, and we just uh, did a little simulcasting last night of the first night at Hampton. Yeah, so you can obviously guess. So there's where a lot we're at of now. fish stuff going on in my head right now, but I know this show so well that we can talk about it because I listen to it like every day. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's again crazy. I even with. I think we talked one episode. I was saying I was listening to North Carolina. I was listening to some of the West Coast, um, and I was listening to this show. But I don't think I've like honed in on one where I'm listening to it once a day. I'm always <laughs> like, what show was that song from? And it's always from that show. Huh. So 
Well, let's, let's go over the yeah, set let's, list real let's quick. Let's go over the set list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a You Sexy Thing, Tweezer Reprise, What's the Use, Petrichor, uh, Most Events Aren't Planned, Vultures, Reba, Sand. Uh, Taste, Golden Age, Twist, Waves, Fuego, Mango Song, Bathtub Gin, You Sexy Thing is set two, and then Encore, you have Fee and uh, 2001. Yeah. Yeah, that Encore is sick. So, like, here's the thing. That show even looks really good on paper. Yeah, it does. It like, does. It does. I just, again, recently was at the show in, uh, show in Albany, and I um, like, look at the set list after, I, and I was like, meh. I can find only two songs I would take out of this entire set, and that's Most Events Aren't Planned and uh, Waves. But I would take a Waves over, like, Velvet Sea, like you got on Wednesday. <laughs> so, so I can't even So let's talk really about You about Sexy that. Thing as the opener. Yeah, that is an amazing show opener, and I love when they <laughs> open with a cover. I think that's subjective. <laughs> I think uh, it's cool as shit. They haven't opened with a cover since it's Baker's Dozen, and I think it's such a like bumpy, funky, like like very good, like fun, light, jammy opener. It's a Mike song, so you know how I feel about it, dude. But he sang it so good. Um, it was he charmed you in it. I have to turn my headphones down. When no. when I listen to that song, because he goes, Where you come from, baby? That's my favorite part. Like I hate that. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay. Um, it's it's again the crowd's into it. and It's really nice. It's a good opening song because they kind of like it's a good warm up song for them, but they're still locking in real tight. They've just been playing, you know, two nights before. Um, I think the crazier thing to talk about um with that song in mind is how much they teased it throughout the entire freaking show. It was very fish 1.0. Yeah. That's why I like that song in that. In terms of the night, I could yeah, say. Yeah, 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 for, sure, for um, sure. Because every time they tease it after that, I think other than the reprise, which is in the second set, uh, no, he doesn't really sing it again. So the reprise is the second no, song. No, 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 no. You sexy thing gets reprised in the second set. It's the very yeah, last yeah, song yeah, in the second yeah, yeah. set. That's what I'm saying. Like he doesn't really go back to sing the song. And at they all. tease um, it in bathtub gin. The song they before tease that. it everywhere. They tease it in 2001 in the encore. They yeah, tease yeah, it yeah, fucking. Yeah everywhere throughout the entire show so that's very fish it's 1. fun 0. it's fun yeah right it's, it's fun and playful and remember isn't that the show no i think it wasn't <gasps> there was a couple shows after that um yeah that's cool all i have to say about second you sexy song fucking tweezer reprise i was upset when they did that set one second song what the fuck yeah i was upset have they ever mad. done that before uh not since I've been seeing them. Yeah, I've never seen it's that. It's always before. at the end of a set, or they like. No, it's always been at the end of the set for me. Right. So second song, well, I was crazy. like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Right. Prima, I feel like I feel like that. Ejaculation. Yeah, I feel like people. No way. I feel like people are amped when they hear that song. I feel like that this that already sets you up for like the fact that they're going to do something cool and weird and special in this show. Yeah. Like it's just a it's a good little. I feel like they're starting to like dare, dangle the carrot on the stick. Yeah. And you can kind of start going for it because, you know, like they're doing crazy shit out the gate. Yeah. I was like, just like last night in fucking Hampton. First night. They d- when they do crazy shit, they like ride that train hard. Like yeah. when they want to like do weird stuff, they like commit to doing weird ass shit. I don't. I, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> Which I love. I love that. I just love when I'm like, I get that like excitement about being like, ooh, like I know this isn't going to be just like a standard show for them. Yeah, be something they are like putting a lot of like effort into, right? 
So then, uh, what's the use? I hate this song, and you like gave me a lecture on why this song is so good. Yeah, I get I get mad at people now when they tell me. So why like why explain to the listeners why you think this is a good song in a fish it's all set? All about energy. That's why. It's all about energy. <laughs> this song is amazing because uh, it's from the Saket disc, which is an instrumental album. Mm-hmm. Uh, first call out. Uh, second call out is that, uh, well, the fact that it's an instrumental song. There's no words, um, and it's an original. It's not like 2001, which is technically a cover. Correct. Um, what you explained to me was like there's good like high and low energy and like the ascension and like the descending. No, 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 no. So first, the first <laughs> important one to talk about, and it was actually really funny because uh, it came up while we were watching the simulcast last night. When you and J3PO are watching a simulcast, uh-huh. you're fucking chatterboxes. You talk so fucking much. No, we it's don't. Insane. Yeah, you do. You guys are commenting on shit. You're like saying whatever. Um, That's not true. And how is this that relevance? <laughs> because to uh, what's the use is the type of song where you can't chatterbox during it. If you did, someone would murder you. They tell you to shush. They would. They yeah. Right. So you love you. how they can command that silence in an arena. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's one of the few times in like fish moments where a pin can drop in the room and no one's saying anything. And you like that I after love a that. fucking tweezer reprise. Yeah, it's dynamics, man. So it, it's really easy for a band to play loud and to just right. fill room with sound. Right. It's another thing to create such space that it actually feels like a breath. Like, it's just like a, you can feel the song breathing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But any, like, that's when I say, like, the highs and the lows, it's, like, up and down. It's, like, very dynamic. Um, and yeah, yeah, of course. Of the, course. the ability to make someone kind of lean in and, like, get closer to you while you're playing music is, like, a victory for all musicians. You can easily just blow sound in front of you, but it's to, sure. to, to make someone, the like. The nuances are where that's at. So yeah, and to yeah. have everybody appreciate the silence is huge. That means your dynamics are incredible. And yeah. I mean, there's certain moments in Trey Solo's uh, last night uh, where his vibrato and like the way he's phrasing shit mm-hmm. um, while he's starting to play like slower, you know, he's getting older. He, his fingers aren't as nimble and he's anymore. He's starting to figure out that like BB King shit where it's just like, oh, I can really articulate a phrase or really like hold a vibrato or, you know, use my volume knobs as I strike the, the, with my pick to like make these dynamics <laughs> and it's just awesome. It's, I don't know. I'm dorking out about. So that's all the reasons why you should like that song. Yeah. Word. Um, I think, uh, I will say I don't usually like this song, but in the spot where it's in, I like it a lot. Because it's a good transition, I think, from Tweezer Reprise to Petrichor, which is the next song that they go into. Yeah. Um, and I really like Petrichor. That's like my new favorite song. They jam out on it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, it's very divided, though. Yeah, a lot of people don't like Petrichor. You can hear in like the it. actual crowd reaction at this show, like it, like it's such a divided response to when they play this song. Yeah. Like, ding. Because it's like very you you know what it is as soon as it comes on. People are like, uh or like yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like this song a lot. Uh it's the new You Enjoy Myself. I said it and it pissed someone off when I said that. Um I still stand by it. It's just really well orchestrated and after coming out of two blowout like high, crazy, yeah, intense <laughs> shit, it's like a nice place to land. 
yeah a lot happens in this song i like the journey that you go on when you it's just so the criticism of this song from how i've heard it is that the beginning is just really boring and slow and i feel like the reason why people think that and they don't realize is because there's no drums yeah and that's because he's on Fishman's on the fucking marimba. He's on that marimba. huge digital, yeah, marimba yeah. behind him that does yeah. all the different sounds. Yep. But I think when you focus on his part specifically, there's this amazing like rhythm. There to is everything. a rhythm. It's like low. It's super low. It's like tucked away. Yeah. And his his playing on the marimba, just the sound he's using right now, it's very uh, like keeping tempo. It's like like a metronome. Yep. But it's also, I don't know. Well done. I don't know. Yeah, the I song like is kickers. I love it. And then most events aren't planned. So yeah. I, you know, out the gate and like, nah, I don't really like that I got this song, right? And then I'm like, yeah, it's a page song. Like, I'll give it a chance. Like, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Um, and then you're like listening to it and you're like, oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. Like, I get what this song is. And then basically like halfway through it, if you can pull up like, there's like the f- it's ironically around like the four minute twenty mark. Okay. Like this shit starts to like explode and oh, yeah? sound like the Talking Heads. Like what it's you, like oh, funky it gets like funky. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Funky as fuck. <laughs> right. So like this is the song. This, this is yeah. Yeah. They're about to like go into something crazy as fuck. See, like you're like, what? They're like, what is this now? Yeah, it's cool. Um, so we talked about this a little bit, but there's 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 a couple songs of the new ones that are immediate, like get to the point songs for me. Sure. Uh, Soul Planet's one of them. Sure. This is definitely one of them. Like, sure. They incite these really cool funky jams. Yeah. But I almost feel like they're happening. To sell me, no, to sell me the rest of the song. Huh, that's interesting. (laughs) And I'm just like, fuck the rest of the song. I'll go to Fish Just Jams and just listen to this part. (laughs) I'm not sold, Fish. But you just said, like, you like the dichotomy in a song. Like, so this is, like, coming out of, like, really, like, do, 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 like, very, like, old man, like, fucking humming into this shit. No, I just honestly, to... I honestly just think it sounds like two different songs. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> Do you not like what you're listening to right now? No, I love what I'm listening yeah, to it's right fucking now. Cool. But hence the get to the point. <laughs> Skip all that <laughs> other shit. But again, that's how people feel about. Uh, but that's the difference between Petrichor, though. People don't feel the get to the point part, which is weird to me. It's like the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> whole thing perplexes me. The song is actually great. It made me come around to it hard. Oh, uh, and then Vultures is the next one, which like, I don't know. I am like obsessed with this song now. The song is so fucking good. Yeah, you. I, <laughs> I jokingly told you I was just like, <laughs> it's funny because you're half Irish and it's an Irish jig. <laughs> That's why I think great. you like it. It's fucking Dropkick Murphys. It, it really does. <laughs> I'm not gonna fight you on that. It's true. <laughs> Um, but it's one of my favorite woo crowd participation songs. Yeah, it's it's a good, uh, it's good fifth man song. Yeah, it's good. Sixth man if you count Kuroto. I love this song. So it's yeah, great. I guess the crowd is the sixth man. But yeah, 
The twelfth, you're like doing the twelfth man in Seattle thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but you technically, you Copy always that. have to count Kuroda, so. Kuroda. My Sedona. <laughs> All right, and then Reba and Sand. And whatever, both songs are fucking amazing. And yeah, Sand, I, I love when they put Sand in the set one closer spot. Yeah. That is like such an important slot of the show to me. Like it's got to be a perfect one that like cl- finishes out the first set, but also like sets you up for something else in the second set. Yeah. And Sand is always my favorite one in that f- set one closer spot. Cause it's funky and like participatory, but it's like short enough to like tease you to be like, all right, that was awesome. And I totally want more. Yeah. Burn out. Burn out. It's <laughs> like get a kilt and... You need bagpipes, bag yeah. Yep, bagpipes, <laughs> and it'll be essentially what Dropkick Murphys is. Okay, um, let's uh, talk about that uh, second set. Yeah, dog. Let's talk about the second set. Uh, I'm not a. I mean, taste is cool. Um, I love taste. I as a f- second set opener, it's okay. It, don't, don't get me wrong. But Actually, it's kind of weird, but sure. When they go into me. Golden Age, that which golden is like age a is 19 something minute go- They've been jamming out on Golden Age a lot lately, and I love the song. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. Twist is uh, a song that we open the show with. I've become extremely obsessed with this song. I really, really like prayed for it Damn, in Albany. This is the third song of the set. What are you talking about? Yeah, third song of the second set. Okay. You just said they opened. This, I'm just confused. Go ahead. Nope, didn't say that. <laughs> it's a song I've become like really, really into. I love it a lot. Um, I really wanted to get it at Albany, but they played it at Hampton last night. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, Waves, I don't love, but I like it as a slower song compared to so many other slower songs. Like in Albany, we got Waiting in the Velvet Sea, and I like was super bored. Uh, Fuego uh, best song off Fuego. It's such a good, heavy, jammy song. It's great. And it's a mango song, which I actually don't love live because I like it more n- listening to it on pre-recorded shows, which is strange, but I get it. I feel like it's a little bit slow. Um, but it was fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, Bathtub Gin. I love that fucking song. And they were teasing you sexy thing in it. And they were like, we're, I'm like, you're teasing it, you're teasing it. And they just like went back into you sexy thing as like a reprise like the way you read like Shakespeare or like an awesome story like it comes back it's so beautiful and like poetic and then Fee is fucking nuts people love Fee you're skipping the encore I wanted to take a quick listen to that bathtub gin you're saying it was really seamless is what you're trying to say right into the you sexy thing yeah 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 alright so hold on this is probably not far (laughs) enough it's still a minute 14 seconds left so let me just throw it forward Because I was going to say, Bathtub Gin has a very specific ending. It's this pretty much every time. retardation was insane that's how you know they're all really good at their instruments (laughs) 
So I don't know how seamless I would call that. That's more like one song stopped and then immediately another yeah. one immediately started. Sure, it's fucking cool, dude. It's not a segue, that's for sure. <laughs> the arrow means segue. The comma <laughs> means stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. You just said seamless. That's what I thought of when you said seamless. It's fucking cool, dude. Bef- see, you fast forwarded all the way to the end of Bathtub Gin. They were teasing this in Bathtub Gin. Oh, so yeah, I'm cool. sure they did. Dude, they teased it everywhere. Again, <laughs> you said that already, man. <laughs> you came along. You sex a day. God, all right, I'm getting this out of here. <laughs> fee, no, uh, I've, I don't think I've ever seen them do Fee and for Nancore. It's pretty fucking epic. Yeah. 2001 is one of my favorite songs, so that was well, my first he, fish Here's song. the thing. Trey completely fucked up Fee, like completely fucked the up words, like, all yeah. over the place. Yeah, and he makes fun of himself. Right, and then it's like Fish always does this really cool thing. Like when they know they fuck up, they're like, all right, now we have to like come at you with something fucking amazing. And then, <laughs> then they're like 2001. Let's just play 2001 right now. <laughs> he was like, here's a the song. Joke, y- here's yeah, a song yeah, where yeah. everybody knows the lyrics and they start playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he funny. said, this is one where I know all the words and it's 2001 or we all know all the words. and There's no words. Sure. <laughs> anyway, so I love this song. I don't know when I'm going to stop listening to this song. I, I mean, this the show, show. Yeah, it might not be for a very long time. Yeah, you're a nerd. Um, I thought the show last night was pretty great. Hampton. We're talking about night one, Hampton, Virginia. Yeah, talk about like return to a venue. Like, holy shit. It was really fucking good. It's a legacy venue. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was at I was at Albany and that was a pretty dope show. Wait, so tell me about Albany. It was great, man. How was that? You saw night two. You were there night on the Wednesday. Two. Yeah, night two. Uh the first set was fucking great. I got a gumbo, which I love <laughs> in the first set. They were like jamming on everything. Paige was going off the chain. I'm telling you, I know you don't like scent of a mule, but Night one was nuts. Uh I thought it was really good. Uh, didn't, especially didn't for the first one. Oh, really? Nope, didn't listen to it. Oh my god! Why you didn't want to ruin it for yourself? Correct. <laughs> it was like watching a trailer, trailer three to a movie. You're like shit, now I know too much. <laughs> I just don't like what's knowing off, what, knowing what's off the table. Um, yeah. So they they came out with the MoMA dance. Is this the right show? I think this is the right show. You didn't get the MoMA dance. No, I didn't get the yeah. Mama so Dance. yeah, Mama Dance to open, which was sloppy. The tube was also pretty sloppy, but raging. Uh, then it was theme from the bottom, uh, fee, uh, fee, free. Then Army of One, which was <laughs> for me. Haley's comment: Everything's right. The Everything's Right jam is insane. It is so flipping good. You really like um, that song. The though. other thing to mm-hmm. note about Free, which is my favorite song of all time, uh, they jammed on it for a bit, which made me go ape shit. Um, then it was cities and then walls of the cave to end the first set. Yeah. I was so mad. I didn't get like, I, that's my, again, another one of my favorite like set. You're going to get more closer. mad. You're, so ready. Set two is ghost. No man in no man's land. Piper. I've seen the set list. Oh, okay. I've seen the set list. Continue. I've seen 20, it. 20 years later, show of life, uh, 2001 character zero, Harry hood. Yeah. That's an insane show, but I feel like my show the second night was also insanely good. Light during the second set was like the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen them play. And I told you, my friend I was standing next to turned to me after the second song, first set, Chalk Dust Torture. And he's like, that's the best Chalk Dust I've ever seen. Yeah. The energy, it was crazy. And that's what I'm saying. That show doesn't look great on paper, but it was so much fun. So, yeah, I think a lot of that is... Second set kind of sucked, but whatever. I think a lot of that is this uh, combination of the sixth man and the combination of them like bringing it 
to the east coast because they were like shit you guys all got fucked <laughs> yeah at the end show. well at the end of the show trey was like oh like we consider this like a hometown you know thing like so they were like trying to be really cool yeah <laughs> and very generous with what they were playing i think i mean yeah i, I think never, they also knew a lot i of will never there. forget the greatest curveball i've ever seen in my life <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> You're really taking the fucking wind out of myself for absolutely no reason. I thought that's why they're bringing it. I think that's also why the crowd energy is really great. And no, I think that's helping to make really awesome hometown. moments. Trey lives in New York, dude. I have a lot fucking of them Albany. Do. It's our capital. The only one who doesn't is fucking uh, Fishman. He lives in Vermont. No, Maine. Whatever you said. Idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Um, I think that... The way they finished uh, your show was terrible. <laughs> yeah, the second set kind of petered out um, really hard. No, but it was t- still fun. The encore. <laughs> Julius is a great encore. Rocky and Top is also great. I, love I thought the Rocky, I would have been so mad. <laughs> Who cares? You weren't there. You can go fuck yourself. I had a great time. Okay, okay. Don't be mean. You're being mean for no reason. Uh, I just, uh, the, again, bluegrass. That's another th- my qualm with it's fish. It's not bluegrass. Okay. <laughs> what did you think about last night's Hampton show one? Uh, I thought all in all it was a really great show. I'm really I excited honestly to see didn't today. like a lot of the second set. They were jamming in weird fucking like uncomfortable ways. I was just like, ugh, get to the point. Dude, that's sometimes what they do. I though. know, but I don't like that. <laughs> it was just you guys i remember you and j3po were like it's just too long we're out of it we're out of it i was like dude but they're jamming like what the fuck <laughs> sometimes they do things that are too experimental that lose you and like uh, lose the that's fucking part. vibe and then like get, they end up getting you back in always but sometimes it's like eh, if too we're uncomfortable go back to j3po's favorite analogy of fish shows being a baseball game sometimes like you know they're going to drag it out. Sometimes it's going to be a baseball game where it's like zero zero for seven innings and you fucking still sit there and watch the whole thing. Like I'd rather see them experiment and push shit than them not. That's true. <laughs> I hate when they just jam a whole fucking show with like 12 songs in each set and they're just like fucking radio showing me. I'd rather them go weird and play less songs. That's just me. No, oh, well, you weren't paying attention at all, so. Oh, uh, sure yeah, I'm just a, te- I- I'm a terrible simulcast person. Even with, I think uh, we've been projecting it on my wall, which has been great. Having it bigger, actually, in format helps a lot. Sure. And then you have to keep the lights off in order to be able to see the projector. Sure. What I was getting really into yesterday, which was uh, sitting in front of the projector and watching the lights mm-hmm. as they're displaying onto the wall. Uh-huh. Um, makes me feel like I'm at, like, a old school. Laser show? Yeah, laser like observatory show. Yeah. Rock. <laughs> Laser rock. Show. I went to my freshman year of college in Boulder and they would do that a lot. <laughs> dark side of the moon laser show in the observatory. <laughs> you went to that? <laughs> the dark side of the moon one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's Boulder. Everybody's stoned and fucking watching lasers. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Well, yeah, I can't do the simulcast. I'm not, I, I, I lose steam. I'm into it like the first three songs. And then after that, I'm just like, I'm over it. Can you read what they played yesterday? Cause I've prompted you to do that like four times. Oh you yeah. Like you picked up on that. So I'm just directly <laughs> going to ask, you know, sometimes you got to remind me. Yep. Uh, sure. The funny part is, is like fishing and fish tracks and all those places don't have it yet. You have to go to Coventry music, which is the site that also posts the, uh, crowd recordings pretty quickly. It's coventrymusic.com, or you just search Google search Coventry Music. It comes right up. It's the first thing. 
Um, if you get fish live emails, the set is in your mailbox the next day. Oh, I don't do that. I don't read emails like that. Anyway, set one is Strawberry Letter 23, Blaze On. Another cover opener. Yep. Blaze On, Mock Song, Divided Sky, uh, Roger, Sparkle, Undermine, Meet, Rift, Walk Away. I hate That's fucking so much Undermine. Good stuff. <laughs> fucking hate that song. Um, and then Satu's Karini, Sand, Golden Age, Twist, Mountains in the Mist, Meat Stick, and Melt, Encore's Lizards. Yeah, that's a great second set, I mm. think. I think that's a really strong second set. Um, Again, they jammed on Golden Age. I didn't there. like Mountains in the Mist. I loved Meat Stick, and I hate Split Open and Melt. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Split Open and Melt. That's like when I got Slaves to the Traffic Light as my split set closer, open. which it's I hate. It's called Melt. I say Split Open and Melt because it reminds me of the terrible <laughs> Matt Damon. I th- I think that's great. I mean, so they've been they've saved Tweezer. They haven't played Tweezer at all yet. They're yeah. saving it. I mean, they've been they were doing it a lot. Haven't played Antelope yet. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of good ones they haven't played yet. But I think that's a great. If I was at Hampton last night, I would be super satisfied with that. Oh show. yeah, I'd be really excited for tonight. Tonight's gonna rage. I'm yeah. so excited. It's gonna be nuts. Saturdays are ragers, and then Sundays are the best shows. Yeah, yeah. Never miss them. I'll, I think we'll end up talking about, you know, that next episode this, a little this bit. This Hampton pocket. Yeah, this three, these three Hampton shows. Well, yeah. I'm hope- That's my new thing. So I've been telling people that lately that, like, I'm kind of just, like, over going to, like, the shows that I can. And I guess I always will. But I'm, like, focusing more now on, like, going to see them at, like, legacy venues. Yeah. So Hampton we got to go to. We haven't been there yeah, yet. Yeah, I really... This, this string of Hampton shows were the only shows I cared about in fall tour and Vegas, obviously. Yeah, I think you. I think you did Albany just out of convenience because it's just like right there. That's what I'm saying. So I'll never not do that. I'll never not like hit those shows, but I won't. I think have like high expectations for those, and just be like, I want to have fun and chill out and hang out and do fun stuff with my friends. Right. Not like be expecting something crazy. Right. I also like don't ever really go into a show with that expectation, but I think that you have it in the back of your head and your mind that you always really want the show you're at to be like a special show. Right. Or something special to happen at that show. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. You just, uh, you want a anchor point. You want an anchor point to have to go back and remember the show that you specifically went to. Right. So it's like, you know, we went to a show a while back uh, at SPAC that weekend run. It, it was raining. I don't remember what year that was. Too. It was like 2015. Yeah, maybe. Um, And the only reason I have an anchor point for those shows is because yeah. it's the only time in the entire time that I've been getting posters uh-huh. that I got the entire weekend. Yeah. But half the reason that was is because no one was like chasing into the venue and like trying to get there. <laughs> like, I feel like all the shows were relatively empty, especially the Friday show because it rained. See, that's a dumb thing to remember. I remember that the chalk dust they played one of the nights was insane. And that was the best one I think I've ever seen. And you also got like a free Bowie cities or something. And you were like freaking out. Yeah, it was the only thing that made the first day for me. I think it was the Friday night. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Those are both cool things. Yeah, but they're anchor points. It's how you find the anchor point, right? So mine was getting this, yeah. the entire poster set. Then I've never, I still, t- right now, I can't even get a poster. If I that's not one. musically. Um, that's not about the it's music. It's different things though. But like, you know, again, I remember my first show and go back to listen to it often because that's you guy with the sign, Lawn Boy. So like you have anchor points. Sleeping monkey. Oh, what you say? Guy with the sign. Guy with the sign. Um, 
I love that sleeping monkey. It's actually one of my favorite. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You get these cool things. Like, I've been to a bunch of New Year's. I was at the one where they did the fucking uh, steam and they lift people up on, like, bungee cords and shit. Like, it's anger points. Moments. I love when they play steam. I got a nice steam in Albany. Yeah? Did they steam the stage? Yeah, they always do. Nice. Yeah, it was great. Good venue. All right. Well, so I'm, like, jacked on fucking fall tour, obviously. Yeah. I'm hyped. like super excited to see like what the end of it's going to be. Is Halloween the last show for fall tour? Uh, Will probably we see them the last time they play before New Year's. Probably. I, I think remember. so. If I'm not wrong, I don't know. They always end in Vegas. So yeah, I think we'll, that's, we'll be there for last fall show. Yeah. Which will be BDS. We got to get some tickets for New Year's too. Yeah, let's not talk about how insane that is. And people were apparently getting shut out of Ticketmaster in a minute. <laughs> really? I honestly I think that. if I would have to guess, if uh, there was some way to track this information and Ticketmaster would never do it, there'd be a fucking massive lawsuit. If they could figure out how many of the tickets were being purchased by bots just to get resold, I bet it would be above 50%. A really high percentage. Like a yeah. massive percentage. Yeah, yeah. Where they like, would be like liable for that. Yeah, maybe sometimes like, you know, a crazy Guns N' Roses. Con- I don't know. I can't think of a band where it would be like, you know, like 5%. Guns N' Roses. It'd be like 5%. It's like all the nice seats and they resell those. Fish, it's like all of them and as many as we can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have enough friends. Uh, I have enough of like a network where I think like tickets are never an issue for me. And then there's always StubHub. It depends yeah. on how badly you always want to go. Like, I feel like everyone's like this. All of my fish friends are like this. They're always like, well, maybe I'll go to that. Like, uh, like they don't make solid plans. And then they always end up going to everything. And you can always get into everything at the last minute, dude. There yeah. were tons of people walking around Albany with tickets for sale. Like yeah. You could have totally hopped in your car. We live in the city, drive, driven up there, gotten tickets and gone. Yeah. Which is cool. That's kind of like what we did. I <laughs> tickets, but it was cool. Like it's a one-off. You just go for like a one-off. And I also really like that too. Cause I don't, I can't remember the last time I've been to a one-off fish show. Yeah. I do like the pockets. So it's a bunch of things, you know, it's like a marathon. This is a little bit more. Yeah. You just have your one shot <laughs> in and out. All right. So I've decided that for, um, break song or break song, we're going to do the golden age from last night. Oof, that's long. It's, yeah, we're going to have a nice 23-minute uh, break instead of a 15-minute break. <laughs> no? You're not into it? I'm absolutely, <laughs> like, so... How about that Divided Sky? Out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, Let's do that. cool, cool. And I haven't heard them play Divided Sky That's a perfect time. length of time, yeah. Divi- I, I love Divided Sky. Yeah, I it's love one that of my song. favorites. Yep. I like it at outside venues, though. Yeah. All right, cool. Still great. So we'll see you guys at this short... 15 minute break.
Hey guys. Welcome back to episode 27. <laughs> you still got it right. Guys, <laughs> bro. Um, you wanted to talk about carbonation today. <laughs> Just diving right in. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's something that uh, a lot of homebrewers, first of all, don't even have control over in most cases. A lot of a lot of people bottle their beer when they homebrew and they use those little carbonation pellets, which fucking suck balls um, and turn your fridge into a potential uh, glass bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I am fortunate enough to have even at the very first level of me homebrewing have always kegged. Right. But that's yeah, that's the best case scenario for controlling your carbonation, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's also just easier than bottling beer. Like I take my entire batch uh, from my carboy, go straight into a keg and just put it on gas <laughs> and call it a day. Yeah, it's way less work. <laughs> it's actually way better for the beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're coming at this from a homebrewer's perspective or like you... Just in general, like a home, even from a homebrewing okay. perspective, uh, you can get like attachments. I have a very basic, like I just have a tank that like plugs into the fucking keg. That's it. You can get like uh, stones and shit and start doing all these attachments and stuff and like start sure. like increasing your ability Carbonation to. Carbonation stone. Yeah. I used to love using that when I brewed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't have one of those. Um, <laughs> they need a pump or you need oxygen. Yeah. You need, a little you need like another tank. Pump. It's like a whole yep, thing. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, it makes your beer different though. It makes it better. I know. And I, I've always been like really into doing it. It's just like in New York City too, like getting another tank it's like another i don't know it's just another thing that i've just never explored but that being said uh my ability to fine tune carbonation is not that great um i can either go like lighter heavy <laughs> right i can't go very far in between right so what i'm trying to discover in this episode is yeah. the in between and like what the subtle differences in carbonation are from like low, like to, you know, pretty much flat through like high carbonation. Great. I'll tell you what those are. Sweet. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so I love <laughs> that you wanted to talk about carbonation because uh, I was trained to notice it and to understand it and to kind of know a lot about it. Um, and I, I think it's the thing that most uh, novice beer drinkers don't really pay attention to. It's something yeah. that can easily be overlooked, and I think it is incredibly important, uh, especially when it comes to you know pinpointing a style. Every single style of beer has a specific level of carbonation, or should have a specific level of carbonation, right? And that adds to where, like you were saying, those styles fall on your your whole table. Yeah, right. So I actually was doing a little research online the other day, and I found a really cool website. I'll have to find it. And we can post it. But I think in it was like sixty eight different beer styles. It went from you know lowest to highest. Right. right. So obviously the the very 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 low end of the spectrum are all the English bitters, like the special bitters, the extra bitters, like the basically just like amber British beers. Okay. And the reason why they're so low is because those beers are made and packaged in in imitation of the cast scales that they have there, which are obviously not carbonated. Right. Right. So right. that would be at the very bottom. Dude, cast of your, beer is weird. <laughs> it's to us. It seems flat. It's not just flat. It's warm. It's, it's weird. It's not cold. Yep. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yep. I love cast beer. I absolutely love it. And I 
haven't had it in a really long time, obviously. Um, I used to, where I worked, we used to tap casks. We actually used to purchase casks and tap bung holes. And obviously it was, it's a metal container. It's not the way they have them in England, which are yeah, actual barrels. Yeah, of course. Um, but ca- I love cask beer. <laughs> and I used to go to DBA back in the day. This was like 12 years ago when they had two cask engines. Yeah, they're great. They're always broken, but uh, I loved them. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. I had my first one in Munich, my first cask ale. Cool. So that's like obviously at the very bottom <laughs> of your, that, it, that's no, that's no carbonation. You're going from yeah. like zero to it's 60 weird. with this, right? Yeah. So what's 60? No, what's 70? Like 75. That's like uh, speeding. Pull me over. S- no, I'm so we're going both extreme options. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're going the bitters, the special best premium bitters are anywhere from like 0.8 to 2.1 volumes of CO2. Wow. That's all really the way low. up to uh premium American lager. So I E like, Budweiser, like that kind of thing, which is uh, 2.5 to 2.9 volumes of CO2. Oh, these numbers are not the way that I feel like I know them. No, this is is measuring volumes of carbonation. Right, but there's like a... two is standard for draft beer. So the one on the very low end of the spectrum was 0.8 to 2.1, and then the high end of the spectrum was 2.5 to 2.9. Yeah. And the extreme examples I have to show you here... They say in the article, it's you should take a porter, obviously like a silky porter or silky stout, and then versus that with a Hefeweizen or a Pilsner. And those are like your extreme carbonation level differences. Yeah, so what I, I use this graph when I homebrew that's yeah. not on that number scale. And mm-hmm. I remember it shows you, that's why when you started saying those numbers, I was like, wow. No, I just don't really know what the spectrum is. And it, it you've, you've seen it before. It's like red is like two carbonated for each style. And then it like goes yellow. Then it goes green. Then it goes blue. It's like, and it, but the numbers are like 4.4. Like high, like super high is almost five. And I thought that like it's over temperature. So the, the pressure's on the bottom. The temperature's on the side of this X and, and Y axis. Sure. And like as the temperature, it tells you as a home brewer that based on what temperature your that's kegs are at. That's what you have to set your gas gauge at. Right. But that's how much PSI that I'm sending. That has nothing to do with the carbonation that I'm talking about. Right. But that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Where does that number come from? How would one get that number? Beats me. There's charts. Look that up. That, uh, yeah. I, I Interesting. Okay. Do some research. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't brew. I, this is a carbonation lesson for you and like okay. what you expect in certain stuff. I'm just trying to put it in, in terms that relate to me. So I'm obviously trying to look at it from like a homebrew level. So I'm just going to throw that out the window. I'm sorry. I don't mean to digress. No, don't, don't, don't come at this from a homebrewing perspective. That's okay. not what this is designed to do at all. Okay. It's to give you basic understanding of how different styles of beer should be carbonated. Yeah, okay. That's all we're doing here. Okay. Because the shit you're talking about is totally different. You're talking about forced carbing beer, which is one specific way to carbonate beer. And you have control over that as long as you control the temperature. Yeah. Right. That's completely something different. We're not talking about that. We're talking about perceived carbonation as a beer consumer. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. Because it's super important. That's what I'm saying. Nobody thinks about it. And it like really affects <laughs> I can see the it's way very important. <laughs> it affects the way that you experience beer. Okay. We, you and I, because we have the vernacular and the terminology would describe that as mouthfeel. Okay. That's what we mean when we talk about carbonation. So right? when I say and like you know, silky and, you and know, velvety, yeah, like and it's you lower know carbonation the differences level. And yeah, you yeah, know yeah, kind yeah, of stylistically texture. where you fall. It's the texture. 
Right, mouthfeel. Literally, it is the way it feels in your mouth. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so we're going to go from one extreme to the other. Got it. So where's where's which is this like when you drink a specific style of beer hop wise where you have to start at one end of the spectrum like when they teach this to you or it doesn't matter nope okay <laughs> nope not cool. at all no cool it's, it's, it's where new. these styles fall and what's acceptable according to the bjcp uh for volumes of co2 that's contained in these beer styles okay so, so it's like low, medium, high. It's like SRM. Think of it that way. It's like nothing too terribly like numbers heavy. It's just like low carbonation, high carbonation, moderate carbonation. Got it. Cool. Easy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Like we went over bitters because those are casks. Cask yeah, beers. Flat. They're flat. That's low. Right. Low carbonation. We have stouts here. Stouts are medium. No, they're low. They're very low. They're oh, low really? carbonated. Yeah. And then that goes all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which are your like Pilsners and Hefeweizens. Okay. They're highly carbonated. Sweet. Then there's also two different types of ways that beer can be carbonated. And we were talking about it earlier, force carbed. Yeah. Or not. The, the fermentation is still happening inside the bottle when it's packaged. Okay. And those are cork and cage beers. Those are beers that are like alive. They're still living. Oh, yeah. Yes. I have one of those CO2 in my fridge right now. is seeping out of the cork. Oh, are we going to do one of those? Should we? Should, should I get that out of the fridge? I have a corking cage in the fridge right now. It's a little Brett. Now a little Brett. That beer's really special. Let's, let's just taste these the examples I brought here. Okay. Let's do... So uh, for the highly carbonated end, I, d- I have an LIC Session IPA. Yeah. And then I have a uh, unfiltered Georgian Brau Keller beer. This is a German Keller beer. Why are you rolling it on the table? That's because weird. It's naturally unfiltered, and I want you to see the op- opacity, opaqueness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this beer. Wait a Have second. Have you never seen anybody so, do this? No, I've never seen anyone do that ever. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so, wait a second. If you were going to serve that beer to someone and present it as a product, you would, would take it. I would do what I just did. Yeah, I would do what I just did. This isn't, so it's an unfiltered, unpasteurized beer. Right. Right. So this beer, again, like we talked about earlier, is living inside this can. Right. This beer is incredibly unique because it was imported from Germany and then canned in Connecticut at Be United. Got it. But it's unfiltered. So anything that's unfiltered ever, if you read uh, on anything, anything you're about to read, if it's a bottle. So Allagash, the way I also drink Allagash, an Allagash White, is I pour half of it into my glass. I leave half of it in the bottle. I swirl the bottle and then I pour that into the glass. Anything that's alive or unfiltered, that's what you should do. Cool. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. I learned something today. Great. <laughs> it's the But you know, I it's important in my life. <laughs> JK, don't care. Did I just impress you by doing that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is obviously an American session IPA. I just this really like this beer a lot. Yep, it's from LIC, my friends. Your friends. My friends. They're doing really fucking amazing things in Queens. Yeah. So as we can see, even yeah, that's just pouring this beer, looks it's like highly carbonated. Yeah. And this is what is acceptable for this style for an American IPA. Why do we want it highly carbonated if it's American IPA? Go. Aromatics. Explain <laughs> what that means. Uh, a lot of bubbles will pop 
releasing the air. <laughs> you just snorted beer. That's I hilarious. Do it by accident. <laughs> um, yeah, when the bubbles pop, they'll release all the you know the <laughs> hop aroma. How else uh-huh. do you want me to say it? The oils get released. That's in right. The liquid. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What? I don't know. I feel snooty when I say that. Yeah, you get it. You get it. There's alpha acids and beta acids in hops. The beta is for aroma. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting the way the hop oils are interacting it's with so fucking the chemicals in this beer. And the bubbles that are popping are giving you that sensory experience. I what, uh, Why is there no label on this beer? Because it was not released in package. Oh, shit. I was going to say I want to drink this, this all the time. This beer is called Party Crasher. LIC mm. session IPA. That's fantastic. It's from everything. From it's them so I juicy. Expect. It's great. And it's still very like very bitter in a good way. God, it's really freaking good. And the mouthfeel, even though it's highly carbonated, is really smooth. Great. They use adjuncts in here for the velvetiness. And then as we already explained, beers that are hop forward beers, you really want high carbonation to give you that sensory experience of smelling the hops before you even drink the beer. Because yeah. it sets up your palate for the way that you're going to experience the, the way you taste that beer. Yeah. So when you become a Cicerone or train to be a Cicerone, if that ever happens for you in your lifetime, um, there's a really like champagne. There's a really interesting sort of factoid. Along with the five basic tastes that everybody knows and the ones you were taught as a kid, salty, sweet, sour, bitter, umame, um, the people who are actually running the Cicerone certification program are pushing to have two additional tastes added to that five group, which is carbonation and fat. Because those two things additionally uh, can be detected by your tongue and send those signals to your brain if something is highly carbonated or something is really, really fatty. Yeah. So they're actually petitioning to get those interesting, added. Interesting, interesting... Uh question for you have you ever eaten something so fatty that you're like like what happens like have you ever done that eating a lot of fat yeah so here's a great story i tell people all the time i was raised on skim milk as a child yeah which is essentially water water it's yeah it's really just like cloudy water yeah it's, it's yeah. like a thinnest it's gross they've yeah like taken wateriest thing you can ever yeah drink right um, I was raised on that, so I drank at home all the time, and I drank milk. So the, one of the very first times my parents took me out to eat, it was probably like a Friendly's down the road, I asked for a glass of milk, and I drank it, and I immediately was revolted because I was like, that's not milk. Are you sure you didn't give me heavy cream that people put in their coffee? And the waitress was like, nope, that's milk. That's what milk tastes like. And I was like, that's fucking gross because there was so much fat in that glass. I was like, this is not, this is wrong. It was so heavy and fatty and umptious. The first time I ever had bone marrow, I almost got sick. Like I got really you're nauseous and fat. ill. Yeah, you're yeah, eating it's pure fat. fat. Yeah. And like the thing is, is that it's also like really savory. So you you're just like eating it, eating it, eating it, eating it. And the next thing you know, you're just like, oh man, I really don't feel good. <laughs> and Here's it's so. The, I'll throw this good. question back at you. What would you pair with bone marrow as a beer if it was a course that you were well, getting? Well, you just gave me. A session IPA? Come on, man. That was great. It'll scrape my tongue, man. It would totally do it. I would drink a Saison probably. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I would drink that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd push for that. Saison would be better, but whatever. All right, where are we at now? What's this? We're drinking, we're drinking the Georgian Brow Keller beer. Because you always bitch at me about how I don't give you, like, true examples of things, and this beer is from Germany. 
It is a German Keller beer. It is like an authentic German beer. Sweet. Don't this, again, would be in line with what we're tasting. Do I want to give you a German example. You, I was going to say, but do you think that um, what I'm saying about that is true? Because I would think that like before, you know, you like to bake. I would believe before you want to make your rendition of something, you would want to make it the way it's supposed to be made or try it the way it was. Yeah. I So, yeah, I mean, every single recipe I read that intrigues me, I try... Uh, not anymore. I've pushed through that phase in my life. When I was younger and first learning how to follow like recipes and cook, I would make everything like to a T the way the recipe, recipe said. said. Correct. And then I would do my own diversions and figure out how that affected it. You need to control. You always need to control, just like so brewing. Don't, so don't I, I don't need do that anymore, though. I know how to get around stuff. Right, like right, right. Now. But I don't. So don't I need... The, that's what I'm saying. I think my point is valid. Yeah. You're, you don't have that sense yet. Like, I know when I read something that says it's going to take 10 minutes, it's not because my oven door is shitty and kind of falling off and <laughs> there's a hole in it. So I know that it's not really holding the temperature that I think it's holding it. So like my oven takes a little bit extra time. Like you have to know all these mm. things, just like your system when you brew. Yeah. Yeah. Your percentage of efficiency. Yeah. It's really yeah. important. It is. It's extremely important. Yeah. That's also something that I had to learn when I first home brewed because I, I would follow the recipe to a T and be like, why is this not coming out right? Like, why is it not doing what it's supposed to be doing? Different like, tools affect me differently too. <coughs> like I have a hop spider. If I use a hop spider, my the the aromatics are cut down on my brewing because yeah, the hops aren't agitating. Yeah, it's really, you got to think about it. But it's weird because like if I use it, then I'm not getting backed up when I try to transfer my mash because I have like five ounces of hops in the... I don't know. Right, and then you can just dry hop the beer. Yeah. Ultimately, in the end, which is really where you're, like I'm saying, you're getting those beta acids from that, the contact with the beer. Yeah. Cool. Are we ready to chase, taste this Georgian brow? Yeah. Hit me. So this is going to be highly carbonated as well. Sweet. Ooh, it's like more like, like ambery than the LIC. Keller beer, dude. It's a German Keller beer. You're probably going to hate it, but it has high carbonation, and I want you to understand why. The mouthfeel is still really smooth. It's hard to know that this, the, like, I can see it's really carbonated. The head retention on it is freaking insane. Sure. Um, and I can see the bubbles obviously coming up through it, but it doesn't feel that carbonated when I drink it, to be honest. This is a unfiltered lager, so most of the, obviously, lagers you get in Germany are super golden and filtered i took a bigger this is a more true example of a good so lager. one way i tell carbonation is really weird is i take a bigger sip mm -hmm. and i let my tongue sit directly in the middle so my tongue's yeah, getting hit from all the that's sides what you're supposed to do yeah. yeah suspend your tongue in the liquid yeah and see what and happens yes correct. so that's how i could figure out that this was highly carbonated but all in all as you drink it as a motion it's very smooth it's deceptively carbonated. But that's just the beer recipe being really good. In balance terms of with the yeah, grain. Ba yeah, exactly. Yeah. Balance between hops and malts. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about everything you just said. The way this beer feels in your mouth. That's all we're concerned <laughs> with. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. And you obviously understand why lagers and pilsners and hefeweizens and those things on the higher end of the carbonation spectrum are carbonated. Because for lagers, they're supposed to be clean, refreshing, dry, you know, done, one done. Drink, 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 drink. Keep drinking it, right? Like, you, you want to entice the continuing of the drinking. Right. 
as opposed to we were it, this is really good what you were saying before like have you had something that's really fatty and like filled your mouth with fat so on the other extreme end of the spectrum it's obviously going to be these like silky viscous stouts do you think right? that in these two examples that you just gave me that the lic is more carbonated or the keller beer is more carbonated they both should be around the same carbonation i act i perceptibly i, I, I <laughs> take two i perceptively think that the IPA, or the, I'm sorry, the LIC is is a pale ale, right? Session IPA. Session IPA is more carbonated than the Keller Berg. Keller Brow. Brow. <laughs> but you're comparing right now an American Session IPA right. to a traditional German okay. Keller beer. That's fair. I see what you you're see, doing. You see what yeah, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're not in the same ballpark at all. They're not even playing the same sport. Yeah. I'm just trying to show you that they're it's, both it's like, sports It's like watching <laughs> American uh, Bake Off and the British Bake Off. Like, yeah, they're just different. But stylistically, they're both styles that are acceptable to have higher carbonation and should have higher carbonation for specific reasons. Right. Lager just was clean and refreshing. Yeah. That one's particularly well-balanced. Great drinking. I can see German men all over Germany just walking around, puttering around, drinking one of those. Right. And then here, I mean, we do everything to excess. So this is a session IPA. It's still incredibly hoppy, incredibly bitter, incredibly carbonated. But right. carbonation in this sense serves the purpose for delivering that intense hop experience to your nose, which sends signals to your brain. Right. <laughs> so now where are we going? Stoutland, your favorite place. Oh, no. Okay. But I have two Imperial Stouts here. We're only going to drink one. No, I only let's do them both. One. No, no, no I... Oof. Are they both, both the same place? Uh, yeah, so they're both from Magnify, which okay. are our friends in Jersey. One is a Sand City collab. That's the one I wanted to try. Both of them uh, put me off entirely because they're stouts brewed with a ton of things that should not be in beer. One is called Sleepwalker. That's the collaboration with Sand City, and it has marshmallow, vanilla, maple syrup, and smokehouse almonds. What? And then we have one that what? is Imperial Stout brewed with pecans, caramel, and chocolate and coconut. Oh, let's not do that one because I don't, don't like, like chocolate. chocolate. But yeah. Stout tastes like chocolate anyway, so it's yeah, kind of Yeah, but the other one sounds like it could be a lot of vanilla and maple syrup and shit, which will balance that chocolate. So right out, right out the gate, where does your brain go in terms of carbonation before we That's even That's going to be like a spirit? milkshake. Right. Yeah. And milkshakes are heavy and fatty and creamy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. You know, load up that mouth. I'm hoping all that other shit balances out the chocolate. I'm actually really excited. That's why I don't like porters and stouts. The I can taste the roasted malt so much. <laughs> so sorry. I can taste the roasted malt so much that I need. That's why that Firestone Walker cocoa nib shit is so good. <laughs> that shit's black. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm pouring us very small pours of this because it's 12.5%. No, come on, come on. FYI. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. You're not going to like this, but I love it. It tastes like fucking maple syrup. Oh, bro. yeah? Then I'm going to like it. I like maple syrup. Oh, boy. Uh, Yep. So look at this. I mean, look it at this beer. Like Can bacon. we just look at this beer? Like, yeah. look at, obviously, look at this carbonation compared to the two other styles that we've looked at so yeah. far, right? This is visibly lower carbonated. Than yeah. Yeah. Other. Yours is like no head retention right. already. You just right. poured mine, so it's... Mm. 
But as we talked about, stouts are very like umptious and Yo, fatty. This and tastes like maple syrup. It does taste like maple syrup. This and is you great. love that, I bet. I, I sugar. It. it tastes like sugar. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Let's okay, so Jason, <laughs> the kid, let's <laughs> let's have you give me a description of this beer. Because I haven't tried it yet. I'm drinking maple syrup. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it's pretty smoky. What does it smell like? Bacon. Uh, candied bacon. It smells like... Like maple sugar and bacon. Like, uh, no, it smells like... Like soy sauce. No, like I, when umami, I say... when I say like, This is a very, like, salty, meaty smell. Okay. You can't say... <laughs> like jerky. You open up a fresh bag of jerky. You can't, like say, you can't say umami like Why? it's a thing. So it is a thing. Umami is a thing. Yeah, but I just people, went over most, it most with you. I literally just talked that. about yeah, but it The average person can't identify it. It means so savory, you, a funky, weird savory. And that's what I smell in this because it smells like beef and like meat, dried meat. <laughs> okay. Vinegar, mushrooms. I dirt. get that balsamic. Yeah, balsamic. Yeah. yeah. Mushroom. You don't get mushroom in this one? No, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. Your adjectives go to such a place where I'm like, I don't want to drink what you're drinking. And I'm supposed to be drinking the same thing. <laughs> I think this like tastes like maple syrup. I yeah, think it's super velvety. I think it's like... Uh, so what does it smell like? We didn't like a donut. It tastes like okay. a donut. It does. It's very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely sweet. Yeah. And I have so much of it lingering on my palate right now. But like the, all the parts that linger are the parts I don't like. That's like the chocolate and the bitter and the I get the vanilla on the linger. You don't get the vanilla? A little bit. This smells like vanilla uh, extract. Yeah, yeah, extract. Yeah, that's what it smells like. That's what I'm saying. You yeah, get yeah. that, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that and then people would jizz their pants over you just saying it smells you know, like vanilla. Beer. All right, so do you we drink understand, this beer as a, do we as a understand stout, right? carbonation? Yeah, and aren't aren't stouts traditionally a meal for people who are working in mines and shit? <laughs> no, <laughs> but... Wasn't that what a Guinness was for? I thought Guinness was f to like drink for like a meal. Yeah. And you were supposed to go back and work. You're thinking of the monks during Lent when they made heavier versions of Belgian styles to get them through fasting. Oh, uh. That's Damn, how so like quadruples yo, they were, were allowed to drink while fasting. They were just getting straight hammered, man. Correct. Yo, that's great. And th they could pass out and forget about eating. That's so fucking smart. Monks, man. Monks, man. <laughs> I'll never let you into any of the abbeys that we visit. <laughs> I'll never let you in there. Piss off those monks. Oh, man. Well, this has been really cool. I think I, I can... When you put them back to back, that's like a freaking no-brainer. So I'm saying, and then there's like different gradients in between. That's obviously. that's the what I really wanted to but, figure out. But, but this was just I to now give you an understanding. Bottom, yeah. yeah, it was to give you an understanding of what you need to expect stylistically from beers. Yeah, and things that contradict what you've learned here are not proper things to be drinking. Like if you're drinking what somebody tells you is a lager and it's not carbonated, you can be like, this beer is not carbonated. <laughs> it's a lager. So it's supposed to be highly carbonated. Right. right. 
when you drink a stout that you were saying earlier, gives a home brewer gives you, and they, they use the carbonation tablets, and you, it tastes like soda, like Coca Cola. You can be like, hey man, this is wildly wrong. <laughs> yeah, your carbonation is supposed to be like tight and like nice and silky and viscous. Yeah, like, that chart I was referring to before too is the numbers that you were talking about. My number perception was just terrible. <laughs> So the way they measure carbonation in beer is through <coughs> volumes of CO2. Volumes of CO2. Right, right? but this chart Standard goes from four, which is like off the charts. High, like, like yeah, high. like your car's going to overheat. The and then the lowest one is like 1.29. No, I think. on my list, point, uh, 0.08. 0.8 is a bitter. 0.96. Not even one. Right. See, the reason why this was confusing me so much is because remember for the homebrewers chart it's over temperature so you're like looking at like what temperature will allow you to if get you to that just listen to what i said like yeah yeah right out the gate yeah you could learn something from somebody who's a certified hey, i learned <laughs> i learned three things today i'll have you know damn well we're <laughs> really batting it out of the park i guess <laughs> great uh, i really just want to quickly mention this book we'll put up a link uh, on this episode uh gordon m shepherd is uh, an amazing professor of neurobiology at yale and he has this book out called uh, neurogastronomy and it basically explains how like our senses work and how like our brain processes what we smell and taste and see and it's cool. amazing. Um, it is uh, definitely on the recommended reading if you're going to become a certified Cicerone. And you even do like an experiment in class with like his stuff. So, Oh, that's awesome. Neuro, neuro. Can we do that experiment here? Can you put me through your training? We can. Yeah? yeah. All right, cool. I'm do excited. Do you want me to explain it right now or do you want to wait and do it No, later tell me episode? about it. Yeah. Oh, I want to okay. be excited. Let's get excited about it. <laughs> am I so, going to crash and burn or am I going to be good at that? I don't know. I don't know. So this, uh, basically the exercise is designed to show you how much your nose <laughs> and smelling things helps your brain perceive flavor. Like prepare. Yeah. And like in perceive flavor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Set you up. Yeah. So it's a layup. what you do is you take, uh, we were given jelly belly cinnamon jelly beans and you hold your nose shut. You take the jelly bead, you put it in your mouth, you chew, 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 chew. You notice what's happening when your nose is closed. You don't taste anything. Huh. You could be chewing anything. You could have a piece of sponge in your mouth and you could be chewing on it. And then as soon as you open your nose, that immediate cinnamon just travels up through your mouth into your nose and makes your brain go bing, like gives your brain a <laughs> mental picture that you're supposed to be tasting cinnamon. Yeah. It's amazing. It's very cool. cool. And again, this brings it full circle. Why carbonation is so important. It's like literally how our brain is building a picture. It's forcing the it's building gas. a it's picture gas, so of what you're about to put into your mouth. No, but it's also like a physical biological thing, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a gas. Neurobiology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a gas. About. So it's forcing itself up. And like all your olfactory sense is like up and inside of you. So it's like, it's the same reason. And don't you think carbonation is supposed to be playing directly to yeah that. no that's shit what i'm yeah, saying no, air that pops in front of your nose no and carries but like that up to your brain what's really interesting about that to me is that like d if you're telling telling me that lower carbonation are going to make things silkier and smoother and shit like that like you can start going to a place and pushing an envelope that's you were telling us about it last episode the place that you went to and they had milkshake style beers that tasted like creamsicles and shit yeah 
like I imagine a lot of that is totally in tune to low carbonation and, you know, using adjuncts and doing all this stuff to make this like velvety, smooth, thick. But then the tastes that go with that are also extremely important. You're simulating something. So if you're going to say something tastes like, like a creamsicle, like there's a texture thing, there's a taste thing, there's all this stuff happening and you have to like uh, manipulate like these very specific, very specific variables to get it to like, I don't know. Correct. Get to that point. But that's why being a brewer is so much fun. Yeah. That's the part I like the most. It's, <laughs> it's like, all the manipulation. Yeah. It's like figuring things out. Well, I was doing a Belgian uh, cream ale for a while that you hated because I was trying, I was going for something like really specific. I wanted to make uh butter beer is what I was going for. <laughs> Harry Potter reference. <laughs> yeah. My goal in life is to make the beer that is described in that book. How is it described? Uh, when you drink it, it makes you warm. So it's like a strong ale. Right. But at the same time, it's like it, it could be a tastes triple. like butterscotch. It could be a butterscotch triple. A no, no, triple. To- it totally can. But I've, I've never seen one and I'm going to do it. I use lactose too to help like make it super velvety. Like I'm on it. I'll let you know. We should do it, it now. Out. It's good in fall time. It's perfect time to do yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get cool. some orcs. I'll do orchadas. it. Orchadas, yes, it's that time. I love the fucking breweries orchada. Yeah, man, let's do it. So fucking good. All right. I love fall. I love (laughs) fall. All the best things happen in fall, (laughs) including fish fall tour. Yeah. And awesome darker beers that are nice and warming, like you said. We have like one more week and then we're in Vegas. Not even this week and then next week we're in Vegas. So we'll have one One more episode for you guys before we come back from... A legendary venue. Yeah, that'll be a whole episode. Vegas. (laughs) Maybe we'll take stuff there and we'll record some stuff in Vegas for you guys. Bring it back with us. It's a lot of responsibility. It's the one time that what happens in Vegas won't (laughs) stay in Vegas. I can try. I don't know if I'll do it. Anyway. I'm not going to be encumbered by a field recorder on Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You are that fanny pack. Any pack's your thing. It's everyone's thing. Oh, no. So what are we going out on? Uh, play light. Play li- If you're playing my show, Albany, play light from that show. Uh, Let's go out on that. Okay. Fucking killer. Yeah. <laughs> the song is killer. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on episode 27. God, got a three for three. This is insane. I'm the Lizza. And I'm the kid. See you next time. Uh... Less and less there in the past has vanished in the air. And I'm left in the now with a wondrous glow. I think I'm still me, but how would you know?